You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for April 12th, 2020, Easter Sunday. Today's sermon was given by the Rev. Peter Walsh. It's based on John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Good morning and uh, happy Easter. I want to welcome all those who are near to us and all those who are far away. I particularly want to welcome all those in Florida, families and friends, and I want to welcome the two women who are in their Easter bonnets out on the back patio, and I want to welcome uh, all those families in New Hampshire and North Dakota and some of our parishioners in Idaho. I want to welcome Ali's brother who is in Lisbon, Portugal, and Janet and Dave in their apartment in Paris and all of Ned's Parisian friends. I want to welcome all those families who are separated uh, by distance as they self-isolate but are now watching the same stream and texting each other. I want to welcome Sunshine uh, who woke up this morning humming Jesus Christ is risen today uh, and her boyfriend Brad. And I want to welcome my family and uh, say that it is my wife's birthday today and that she will likely want to kill me when I come home for saying that. I want to welcome Charlie Garnsey, who is six, and his mom, the good Rev, and Jewel, all of whom uh, live down the hill here and are uh, staying home this morning. I want to welcome Jonathan in New York City, who is not a member here, who is Jewish, but never ever misses a Sunday service. Jonathan, you're an honorary member in our world. In fact, I want to welcome uh, all the Jewish people who come to us on, uh, on Easter I'm uh, missing you today. I can tell you where many of you, you sit here, the two Arthurs and Michael, and say that we love you too. Uh, I want to welcome all the atheists out there, all the agnostics, uh, who often come with their families to Easter just uh, to be with their families even though they don't believe a word of what is said. I want to thank uh, and welcome all the kids in the church school who are usually running around the halls making everybody crazy. And I want to particularly welcome those who still have little booties on their PJs. I want to welcome those who are passing through the kitchen right now and hear my voice as people are preparing breakfast. I want to welcome those who are still chilling in bed. And I want to welcome those who got up and put on a bow tie or put on their Easter best even though they're not leaving the house. I want to welcome all those who only come to Christmas and Easter Many of you stop me outside and check in so that you can make sure that I saw that you were here on Christmas and Easter. And I want you to know that you're getting credit for today's service, even though you're still home. See you at Christmas, at least we hope. And I want to welcome, of course, Jews and Muslims and yogis and everybody else that we know. And I want to welcome everybody that we do not know. So uh, happy weird Easter. It's so great that you're with us. We all are, are uh, in tuned with Zoom, right? And can you imagine if we had a humongous Zoom screen and everybody who was tuned in could show up on that same screen? In that Zoom, we would go from gloom to bloom as we saw in everybody's face, we saw love. And on this particular day, we saw love in the light of Christ, in the light of Christ's resurrection. So how great it is that we started with Jesus Christ is risen today. That was put together by the home team. When I say home, I mean it literally home. 
all of those musicians were home uh, making music. And then our maestro, right, who's now our chief mixer, took all that music uh, and mixed it together. That music was made up of five section leaders, the four section leaders we normally have, and then one of the section leaders we loved who accidentally moved to England. So five section leaders. It's our four brass players who normally play during our high holy days. Uh, it is also two of our choristers. There we got Kitty Drugi and Grammers. And then there's one French horn. Uh, shout out to Frank Drugi, a high schooler. Now you can tell by the way I laid that out, that sounds a lot like the 12 days of Christmas, right? Five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. So when I think about our beginning the day and singing Jesus Christ is Risen Today, I'm really reminded of Gene Kelly's Singing in the Rain. If you haven't seen that recently, I suggest you pull it up on YouTube later in the day because really what we're doing is we're singing in the pandemic, right? In the midst of this crazy mystery of the COVID-19 pandemic, we are making music and singing about the mystery of the resurrection. And what we're saying is no pandemic can, can you know, uh, take away the joy of this resurrection. And was there ever a better time for us to sing this hymn, this hymn that claims that Christ is alive, that, that Christ brings us life now and even at the hour of our death, right? So I think it is uh, assuredly true that for most of us, this is the weirdest Easter we have ever experienced. And so many of us were not trained in weird. So I, I was raised to think that the world was a very, very rational place. You know, I, I go back to my elementary school, my middle school, and I, I'm reminded of the apple falling from the tree and bonk, hitting Isaac Newton on the head. He spent a little time thinking about this, and then pretty soon we have we have natural laws, we have physics, and we have the scientific method. And after that, every other form of knowledge becomes secondary or suspect, particularly and including, of course, religion. By the time I got to college, I must say God was pretty far out there, I mean, somewhere beyond Pluto. Now, parenthetically, I would also like to add that I was not too psyched when they downgraded Pluto out of planet status. I mean, I grew up with Pluto, as many of you did. Remember above the blackboard, they had all the planets and there was Pluto at the end. I was thinking that maybe I might start a kind of clergy for the reinstallation of Pluto. Never got around to it. Anyway, I was also raised to believe that the economic system was a very rational thing. In high school and college, I thought maybe I'd be a famous economist, make a lot of money. So I read the worldly philosophers. Remember all that? Adam Smith and the invisible hand, the market economy, rational consumers, supply and demand. And I was also taught that the United States was impervious to terrible things because the ocean that separated us was so big and all that other terrible and cruddy stuff, you know, that happened in other people's lands. But as I got older, I started to see that there was a a whole lot of weird going on, right? So when I was 27, for instance, 
Uh, I was unsatisfied with my life and I went on a search for the meaning of life and I decided that uh, if there was a God, God would have something to do with the meaning of life. So I went on an intense search for God. And then one evening in my brother's basement, I, I grabbed a Bible at long last, opened up, read, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Blew me out of bed there just before I was getting ready to go to sleep. And as I stood in the center of that room, I felt God's presence, kind of like a fish, you know, inside of me, all around me. And I felt a joy that was so surpassing, I, I have no words for it. I knew a lot about having fun, but it was nothing like this joy that I felt. And on that evening, I knew that God existed and God was real. I knew that I was going to be okay, that, that God loved me and everybody. And I also knew that I should serve this God as a priest. Now, I just have to say, it was a weird experience and it was uh, weird for me to try to tell people because they thought I was weird when I described this. But that was 33 years ago and not for one moment, not for one day, have I ever doubted what happened to me in that basement. It has been the impetus and the power in my life. During that time, of course, I, I, you know, I worked at an advertising agency and before that uh, on Wall Street and I saw that, well, maybe all things economic were not rational. And I wonder what Adam Smith would have to say about the run on toilet paper that's going on in the world today, at least in the West. Your own list. And some of you are not going to think that my my list of weird is your list of weird, but I just got to say a few of these things. So I think that search engines are weird, that they can answer your question so instantaneously and not only answer your question, but kind of be kind to you and correcting your spelling, saying things like, do you mean COVID-19 rather than Corvette? And then, you know, another thing I think is weird is Google Maps or any of the map functions. I mean, how does that thing keep track of everybody? Uh, this, or it tells you to take a turn on exit 42 because there's an accident up the road. And what about if you're walking through the streets of Beijing or even Lisbon, which I previously mentioned, it can tell you there. Or even if you want to cross a piece of the desert, it can tell you what camel path to take. You know what else I think is weird? I think it's weird the players in the NFL who are my size. So let's take a look at this. The great Wes Welker. Now, I, it's hard for me to call him great because he used to play for the Patriots and I have an issue with the Patriots. But besides that, the great Wes Welker is 5'9 and 185 pounds. And imagine what it would be like if you had a 300 pound lineman running at you. He does a five-second, 40-yard dash, and he gets paid to run over you. Did you ever wonder why the little guy doesn't get whacked so hard that their limbs just break off, kind of like they do in an auto accident and a door or a bumper flies away? I think that's weird. You know what else I think is weird? I think it's weird that some trees communicate. Doesn't fit my elementary school teaching, right? Sort of sounds like Lord of the Rings. You know what else I think is weird? I think the coronavirus is weird. This little thing that we cannot see shuts down the world, even stops wars. 
And speaking of weird, I mean, everything is pretty much weird now. Don't need to enumerate that. You know what else I think is weird? I think love is weird. Think about it. There are people that fall in love at first sight and they remain in love for the rest of their days. I think that love for a parent and a child is weird. I mean, sometimes your, your children are crazy, right? And, and yet you love them anyway. It just, it just is true that love does make the world go round. If you took love out of the formula, then we would really be having issues, right? You know what else I think is weird? I think God is weird. Gosh, I hope I don't get struck down for that. Just a joke. I think God is weird. We don't, we struggle to understand God. I mean, if you don't think God is weird, what about the problem of evil, which is a very weird problem, right? Or, or what about the crucifixion, the death, and the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus? Tell me that's not a kind of weird salvation mechanism. I also think that uh, if human beings are made in the image of God, that means that we're weird too. I mean, do you not think that human existence is kind of weird, right? The fact that we even exist, regardless of how you think that came about. And what about the fact that we are on this little planet swirling around in a universe and a cosmos that is so big that we cannot even begin to understand it. You know what else I think is weird? I think it's weird that we all follow Jesus of Nazareth, a guy who lived in a hillside hamlet 2,000 years ago, and yet billions and billions of people have followed this man and found incredible life in him. You can see this coming. What else do I think is weird? The resurrection, the first Easter. That is straight up weird, right? Jesus is raised from the dead. He's not resuscitated. This is not like Lazarus, who we talked about on the fifth Sunday of Lent. Jesus' body is different, right? This is what we call the beginnings of the glorified state. And the story that I just read is the gospel. I, I mean, it's a weird story. Even if you read it all the time, you might forget that it's a weird story, but Mary goes to the tomb and of course, worried about the stone. We hear that in the other, in the other gospels. And yet the stone is rolled back, right? And uh, then she runs back to get the disciples and, and Peter and John, the beloved disciple, run there. I love it that John, the beloved disciple, actually got there first, but he's got a gentler spirit. And, but then did you notice Peter, maybe a little lumbering, big handed, Remember the fact that he is he's a fisherman, not a runner. But he is the one who blows in to the, the cave grave, sees it's empty, and then they're like, hmm, empty. They take off and go. But it is Mary Magdalene who has an incredibly passionate heart of love for Jesus. She stays there and weeps. And then she looks in and what do we see? But we have angels, right? And then the whole story of the wrappings and the, the head wrapping being in a different place and they talk but nobody understands yet right Peter and John they didn't understand that the empty the empty cave meant the resurrection and Mary she doesn't understand and then she bumps into the guy who she thinks is the gardener she starts saying you know uh, if you have his body let me take care of him right 
still in love with Jesus. And then when Jesus says her name, so it's not with sight, but when, he, when she hears her name, it's Jesus. Teacher, Rabboni. And then he says, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my Father. And yet in the same gospel, a week later, Jesus says to Thomas, Thomas the twin who becomes known as Doubting Thomas, put your fingers here and put your fingers in my side. That first Easter was weird, but this Easter is weird too. If somebody told me a year ago that at the next Easter there would be nobody in the pews and there would only be four of us in the building, my first thought would be, man, I gotta redo my resume because I am gonna be unemployed on Monday. I managed to drive out all of those people, right? And our world at this point, you know, we're, we're in full-fledged weird. But Easter, the weird resurrection is literally the perfect thing to come into our weird pandemic world. Let's just take a look at this for a moment. Remember the disciples in Jerusalem? They're locked away out of fear. How about us today? We're locked away out of fear. And in fact, even in Jerusalem this morning, everybody is locked away. They have a quarantine stay at home in Jerusalem. You can only leave for food and for medicine. And then the people who are locked away send somebody out, right? So Mary goes to the cave grave. In the other Gospels, Mary brings some of her woman friends to go to the cave grave. It just reminds me of our whole households now, those of us who are uh, in a more than one person household. We send one person out to the grocery store to do the dangerous errand. We choose the person who's most ready for this. And perhaps in Jesus' day, it was the women who were most ready to do this because they were the safest and perhaps even had the most courage. And then Jesus begins to mysteriously show up, right? In Luke's gospel, we have the story of, of on the road to Emmaus. Emmaus is seven miles outside of Jerusalem. And Jesus, uh, uh, a, a, a disciple, Clopas, and another disciple, Cleopas, and another man are walking along. And this guy joins them, and they don't recognize him. And then it seems he's going to walk on, but they invite him to dinner. And then in the breaking of the bread, he disappears, right? It's Jesus. And they said, did not our hearts burn when he opened the scriptures to us? And then those disciples run back to the upper room and they say that we have seen the Lord. And the response is, of course, he has appeared to Peter. The Lord is risen indeed. And then behind that closed door, what happens? But Jesus shows up. And of course, they're filled with fear. And he says, you know, do not be fearful. I'm not a ghost. And then what does he do? He says, I'm hungry. And he sits down and he has some boiled fish, which is likely to be their equivalent of a hamburger. Then in John's gospel, we have the same sort of scenario where the disciples are behind locked doors out of fear. And Jesus shows up inside. The door was not opened. Jesus just simply shows up. And what does he say? But peace be with you. And what does he do in this gospel? But he breathes on them and conveys his spirit to them. 
And then, as I mentioned, a week later, he shows up again behind a closed door, and he says to Thomas the twin, hey, touch me here so that you might believe. So that is, that's my Easter, Easter hope for you, that Jesus will show up inside of your, your house, your household, whatever that is, on the other side of your closed door, that uh, he will bless you with his presence, that he will eat with you, that he will send his peace upon you and upon your household, that he will convey his spirit to you so that you can be full of his spirit, that you know that he is journeying with you as he did with those uh, who he walked with on the road to Emmaus, and that in your days as you open your Bible and you read that your, your heart burns within you as you know the truth of the spirit of what's being said in the scriptures. Hey, a lot of this stuff is really weird. But just because it's weird does not mean that it's not true. In fact, it's the weird stuff that we devote our lives to, right? It's the weird stuff. We're not devoted to whether or not Pluto is a planet. We are devoted to love. We're devoted to doing the right things with our lives. We're devoted to our God. We're devoted to Jesus. I mean, Jesus who gives us the spirit of life. Jesus who gives us confidence in life. Jesus who gives us meaning in life. That guy who was killed and was raised and who ascended and who sent his spirit to us, he has the power to convey to you now light and life and love. He has the power to give you strength and vitality in this season of pandemic. So many, many thanks to the mysteries of our Lord and the mysteries of our liturgical calendar that brought us the weird resurrection right on time for the weird pandemic. So happy, happy, happy weird Easter because Christ is risen, and I'm telling you, the Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. You can find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.